May mercy and grace and peace be yours from God our Father and from his Son, whose glory is seen on the mountaintop this day. Amen. I love mountains. I love the beauty of mountains. I love the beauty of God's creation. I've often thought, and I've said this to some of you, I think, if I could choose a place where I would live, I would like to see mountains. I don't need to be in the mountains, but I would like to be able to see mountains, which was sort of true when Connie and I were in Eugene, Oregon in the early 80s for my vicarage, my internship year from seminary. On the right day, when the sky was clear, you could look to the east, if you were in the right location in the city as well, and see the majestic cascades on the horizon. I love mountains. Let's go for a hike up a mountain with Peter, James, and John, and Jesus this morning. They go up a high mountain, and it is one of those times where a significant event happens, as it often does in Scripture, on a mountaintop. May the Holy Spirit give us attentive ears and expectant hearts this morning to ponder the Word of God on this Transfiguration Festival with this theme, look at him, listen to him, look at him. People God dearly loves. After six days, today's gospel reading from Matthew 17 begins. Six days after what? In the middle of chapter 16, Matthew writes, Now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, there are two Caesareas in the New Testament. One is Caesarea Maritima, It's Caesarea by the sea. It's on the coast of the Mediterranean. This is where a Gentile centurion named Cornelius is stationed, who has a vision of God telling him that he should summon Simon Peter from Joppa, a little farther down the coast. And Joppa is where Peter has that strange vision about a sheet filled with both kosher and non-kosher animals and reptiles and birds. Read Acts 10 for the whole story. But that's not Caesarea Philippi. This city is 20 miles north and a little bit east of the Sea of Galilee. It was built by Philip, one of the sons of Herod the Great. And he was smart to name it for Caesar, because you always want to stay on the good side of the emperor. And that's the name, the title given to emperor after emperor. Why this geography and history lesson? Because Matthew tells us once more that six days after a pretty important event at Caesarea Philippi, Jesus summons Peter, James, and John to follow him up a high mountain. A little more geography. This could be Mount Hermon, which is about 15 miles farther north and east from Caesarea Philippi. Or the high mountain could be Mount Tabor, which is between Nazareth and the Sea of Galilee, the southern side of the Sea of Galilee. I'm sure I've said this in a Bible class or in the crossing that a number of you have heard, but I'll say it now. Tabor is not really that high of a mountain, not like Mount Hermon, some 8,000 feet above the Sea of Galilee. But Tabor is more like a big hill out by Vanderpool or Lakey, 
in, on the Frio River. It's not that important where they hiked. What is important is what happened on the mountaintop. Jesus was transfigured. His glory was revealed. His appearance changed. His face shone like the sun. His clothes were as white as light. In the three years that Jesus has been walking around Israel with his 12 disciples, nothing like this has happened before. Jesus looked like a regular guy. No, there wasn't a halo over his head then or at the manger in Bethlehem. Yet Jesus has revealed that he is true God by what he has done and by what he has said. Teaching with authority, forgiving sins, healing a leper and blind men and a paralyzed man, casting out unclean demonic spirits, turning water into wine, taking five loaves and two fish and feeding thousands. Now here, our Lord's identity as true God is no longer hidden. But there is more than this visible change. Guests arrive. Moses and Elijah appear. Moses, who was called on a mountain, who received the covenant word on a mountain. We heard that in today's Old Testament reading. And who died and was buried on a mountain called Nebo in a grave that no one has ever found. And Elijah, who defeated the prophets of Baal on a mountain in the Carmel Ridge and who hid in a cave on a mountain called Horeb until God showed up with a still, small voice. Moses and Elijah. One led the Israelites from slavery to freedom. The other would be the sign of the new reign of God. For God's covenant people were waiting and longing for Elijah to appear before the Messiah did. And Jesus taught that John the baptizer was Elijah. It's an amazing scene on the Mount of Transfiguration. We can only imagine how stunned and overwhelmed the three disciples were. They must have been. They were speechless until Peter interrupts. He has a way of doing this. Lord, he exclaims, it is so good to be here. Why don't we stay? If you give the okay, then I'll pitch three tents, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. But the interrupter gets interrupted. A cloud, a bright cloud, appears and covers the scene. And from the cloud, a voice, the voice of the Father who says to Peter, James, and John, and to us, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. Then there is silence. All three disciples fall to the ground, faces in the dirt, in sheer terror. If they didn't realize it before, they know now. They are in the presence of God. But let's go back to the Father's words. Very similar to ones that he spoke at Jesus' baptism at the beginning of our Epiphany season. They're similar, but now they're new because God the Father says, Listen to him. Listen 
to Jesus, not to Moses, not to Elijah, not to me. Listen to my son. So let's go back to Caesarea Philippi and what happened there six days before. Jesus had asked the disciples two questions. Who do people say that I am and who do you say that I am? And Peter boldly said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Shortly after that, Jesus spoke his first passion prediction. He began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem that he must suffer many things, that he must be killed, and on the third day he must be raised. When the Father says, listen to him, he is telling the three on the mountaintop and the nine who didn't go on the hike, and he's telling all of us, listen to where my son must go. Listen to what he must do. Listen to the message of the cross. The three disciples don't hear it right now. They don't believe it right now. But Jesus must climb another mountain where his glory will be revealed when he wears no clothes and where his face is disfigured in pain when he wins the triumph by the cross. We left this trio, this terrified trio, with their faces in the dirt. But really, we left them being approached by Jesus, gently touched by him, and hearing, get up and stop being afraid. Verse 8 describes it simply, when they lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only. Moses is gone. Elijah is gone. The bright cloud is gone. Only Jesus is there. Our Lenten journey begins in three days. That banner will be replaced by the stark Lenten banner. And this will be, as it always is, our Lenten theme. Come, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. We too are terrified, we should be terrified, to be in the presence of the Holy God. His glory is too great. Our guilt is too real. His glory is too bright. Our sins are too dark. His clothing is too white. Our garments are too shabby too stained, too soiled. But Jesus speaks as gently to us as he did to Peter, James, and John. Get up and stop being afraid. Get up, lift up your eyes, and we look to Jesus only. Looking to him, we see the cross by which he wins our forgiveness. Looking to him, we see the tomb from which he will burst in victory and alleluias will be sung again. Looking to him, we see that we are clothed with his white with righteousness garment in baptism. Looking to him, our faces shine, reflecting the brightness of his redeeming love and his perfect peace.
on and because of this transfiguration mountain, we look at Jesus only and listen to Jesus only, seeing and hearing the Savior who leads us to the never-ending, never-fading glory of his eternal kingdom. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit.